you're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Take It Personally. It's been kind of a whirlwind couple of weeks over here, and I'm excited to be back in front of the mic and bringing you another episode. If you know me in real life or if you follow me on social media, you know that my husband and I have opened up a photography studio in Sioux Falls, and it has been such an amazingly fun, creatively fulfilling project. It's been just awesome, but it has taken up so much more time and mental capacity than I thought it would. I mean, it's just kind of crazy all of the decisions that we've had to make and all of the time that we've had to spend there. My husband especially has put in so much blood, sweat, and tears. It's unreal, but I don't know. It's just kind of blowing my mind and it shouldn't. I mean, of course, to get a space, like a physical space, a location up and running, it makes sense that it would take time, but it has totally surpassed what I expected. And so I feel like we're just kind of starting to come out of that haze and everything is looking so good. And we've already had renters in and we have some subtenants and it's just, it's been so fun and I'm so excited to see what happens. Um, the space is called White Space Studio. And if you want more information, um, you can find it on social media and then also at whitespacesufalls.com. Um, we're doing day rentals and looking at added, looking at adding one more tenant um, to use the space on an ongoing basis. And I'm just so excited. I've already absolutely loved watching other photographers come in and just make the space their own. That's exactly what it's for. And so that's been so exciting. And yeah, I'm just, it's been a really fun project and it is something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. And so to see it finally come to life is pretty amazing. Today on the podcast, I have my friend Paige with The Legal Page, and she is shedding light on a bunch of topics when it comes to business and law, but we're really focusing on contracts. She is the contract queen, and I'm so excited to have her on and just chat more about her areas of expertise and why it's so important to have contracts in your business. I sometimes will go through the contracts that I have and just kind of like roll my eyes a little bit because some of the clauses seem so ridiculous, but they're all there for a reason. They're all there because I've had issues or clients or miscommunications, whether it was me or or my client. And I feel so good knowing that my contract has been like put together and reviewed by a lawyer. It's legally binding. It will protect me in court. Um, Just because crazy things happen and people get a little sue happy and you want your business and your, your name to be protected. So I'm just so thrilled to have Paige on here because I think this is something that we don't talk about enough as creatives. You know, we want to do the fun creative thing. We want to take the pictures and design the graphics and make the art, you know, but the business side of our business, how that all runs can really be um, detrimental when it comes to just making sure that everything is running smoothly and everyone understands um, what's going on and what 
kind of an agreement they're agreeing to. So I just think contracts are so powerful and anyone who is in business, no matter how many clients you're taking a year, you should absolutely have contracts that, again, have been reviewed by a lawyer, by someone in this profession. Um, This is one of those things that before I had quit my day job, I just saved up money from my sessions and hired a lawyer to put these contracts together. Um, And Paige will talk about in this episode, now there are so many more resources out there where you can buy contracts online that have been reviewed by lawyers. But just the importance of doing that as opposed to finding something for free off of the internet that you just... You just don't know where it came from or, you know, who who's looked at it or who hasn't looked at it. So um, there's no reason that you can't grow slow and um, look at getting contracts in place in your business as you're kind of doing that slow growing. So I'm so excited to have Paige on the podcast today. I think you guys will just love her. And I really hope that this is an eye-opening episode. Paige, thank you so much for joining me today on Take It Personally. I am thrilled to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I would love, you know, I I feel like I um the majority of folks tuning in probably know who you are, but just in case we've got some folks who aren't as familiar, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Paige, but most people know me by the legal page. Um, I've learned after going to many conferences and events this year that if I introduce myself as Paige, lots of people it does don't put two and two together. So I'm just from here on out introducing myself as the legal page. Um, obviously, with that name in mind, I am an attorney. Uh, So I service people primarily that run online businesses, and I have a virtual law firm, so I help people with intellectual property law, contract law, and business law. Uh, My main sector and niche that I work in is the wedding industry sector, and that is because I am not only an attorney, but I have also been a photographer for the past eight years and ran a pretty successful business in Western Montana. Um, I'm leaving. I'm moving, obviously, now more towards the legal side of things as the legal page has ramped up. Um, but I, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of what I do. I live in Missoula, Montana, which is still in the most beautiful state ever, and I'm super biased. <laughs> but if you come, you'll totally understand why I'm saying that. Uh, and I live here with my fiance Marco and our sugar doodle puppy named Sugar, who's one of my favorite uh, animals in the entire world. So I have to tell you, when I was growing up, don't even ask me how this happened, but I, when people would ask me like, where do you want to live when you grow up? I would say Missoula, Montana. (laughs) (laughs) It's really a magical place, people. I'm not going to lie. We have four seasons. It's just clean air. They, they always say it's big sky country and it totally is. Um, I think we might have just hit a million people in the state, but we have always been under a million people. And so there's just so much vast space and it's just beautiful. We have two national parks, uh, Glacier National Park, Yellowstone National Park, and it's wonderful. It's a beautiful place to live. It just looks gorgeous. So I love, love, love that. Well, I think a lot of people, and I know when I first got introduced to you online, 
I'm sure that a lot of people would probably say that the combination of being a photographer and a lawyer is a little bit unusual. And I love that you're kind of doing both, even though you're probably a little bit heavier on, you know, going more toward the legal side now. But I would love to know how you got to where you are now and what that journey looked like to end you in this really unique career. Yeah, the journey was definitely non-traditional, I will say that. <laughs> and it wasn't a path that I intended to take really ever. Um, so it, I really have to go back to kind of high school, college, and how that led me to law school. I had always been a big academic, and I was, you know, a debater, super nerd alert, and I loved you know, just doing school and I loved getting good grades. And that's kind of what led me to law school. I had always done speech and debate. I had always been on like different competition teams. And so a part of me was like law school is a natural progression from college on what I was going to do with my life. Um, but I would, went into law school really thinking I was just going to be a trial attorney, going to be in the courtroom. And that's what I did during law school was focus really hard, of course, on my academics, but being in every cur extracurricular activity, being on moot court team, trial team, the law review, all the things. Uh, but in the meantime, this is kind of when photography also came into my life. So after college, and I'd always had a creative side, I, uh, I used to be, um, a dancer growing up and then I just loved, I don't know, this is so random. I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but I love that. Okay. I think scrapbooking might've been part of it. My mom really got me into that. And my mom and I loved to craft together growing up and I had always had an itch to pick up a camera and, you know, kind of do my creative side with, you know, composing shots and, you just always like pick up a camera and start taking photos of, you know, God knows what. But I picked up a camera right before law school, actually. And I did it with the intention of knowing that I was going to be very deep in reading and writing the law all day long. And I kind of needed another creative outlet because I'm very right-brained and left-brained. And so because of that, I just... I wanted to start a photography business. I kind of like go in to the deep end as quick as possible. And I just plunge head first. And so instead of doing it more as a hobby, I was like, okay, well I could do this to not only be a creative outlet during law school, but also to make some extra income. And when you're in law school, it's a full-time job, like more than a full-time job. And so you don't have a lot of flexibility with getting a part-time job on the side to have some extra income while you're in school. But photography allowed me to do that in the evenings and on the weekends. And of course, it's very, it's a flexible job. You can edit, you know, whenever and book clients whenever. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started. And of course, I was going to law school and then building my photography business and getting really, really into entrepreneurship and being a business owner. And then halfway through law school, again, I was still working on my academics and I got a jo job offer from a federal judge. I had applied for a clerkship and that is like the most sought after job for people just leaving law school. Uh, it's really good to go work for a judge before you go work for a firm. It's kind of like the the passageway into firm life and you get to see behind the curtains and you get to work with the judge and, you know, draft orders. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. So, of course, I said yes. And in the meantime, that was like the, the, it, this is really kind of the pivotal point in how those two merged together. 
because instead of going to a firm, I was able to have a more, um, you know, set schedule with Monday through Friday when the courthouse was open. And then during my third year of law school, which is the final year. And then two years after that, when I had my clerkship is when my photography business just kind of blew up. And so I was working full time for a federal judge and shooting like 30 weddings a year and a hundred plus families a year and seniors and everything. So that is kind of the, I guess, background on how I merged, you know, both things into one life. But I also then, when I finished my clerkship, I had the opportunity to either go to a law firm, which would have been a great experience, but I just knew my heart wasn't there anymore. Um, I had the opportunity to, of course, do a lot and work on a lot of different cases and a lot of different niches of the law, but I also loved my photography business. And during that time, I had gone to a bunch of conferences and done a lot of online education for photography. And I just realized there was this gap in the industry, especially for photographers, where they weren't getting sound legal advice. And also, you know, lawyers, brick and mortar law offices down the street, no business law, but they don't know how online business works. And how photographers work and clientele and how we're servicing and marketing people on social media, websites, so on and so forth. So I decided to merge both into one. And that's where the legal page came in to be. And I opened the doors last year when I finished my clerkship in, I think, the beginning of September 2018. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I don't think I realized that it was just last year. That's crazy. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Sorry. It's a long story. Um, I no. kind of got long-winded there, but it's a really interesting story because I can tell like one of my favorite things to talk about with people is side hustling. Um, and I really, really did it for, I'd say like six years pretty heavily Yeah, and was able to maintain very, very intense full-time jobs. Uh, I call law school a full-time job and then working for a federal judge, but still grow my photography business on the side and make that super profitable as kind of another full-time income. So yeah, it's, it's cool. And I, I always forget too, Maddie, that it was just like 14 months ago when I opened the legal page and what a 14 yeah. months it has been. <laughs> That's crazy. I can definitely relate. I uh, often forget I left my my day job, my marketing job last July. And I'm like, oh gosh, like that was, yeah, it was like just 15, 16 months ago. Like that's unreal when you look back at everything that's happened. And I know you can relate to that. Totally. Time flies. Yeah. Well, I love hearing, I do not think your story is long-winded. I think all of that's so important. And I love hearing how you really like created this niche for yourself because it, you're right. Like there's a gap in the market and having, having had contracts been, you know, put together before, after having issues with clients, like I can totally, I understand that from a business perspective. Like you know, lawyers are wonderful, but a lot of the time they don't understand exactly how my business, how how a creative's business works, especially when so much of it takes place online. So I love that you're filling that gap. It's so exciting. 
It really is. And for example, uh, you know, I, I knew this was happening, but to hear it from the mouths of people that I'm working with. So I just had someone that I worked on a contract with, um, they downloaded a template contract and then just wanted a couple, uh, one-on-one modifications to it, which I do, but they have to become my client. Um, and they were talking about how like a year ago they had an attorney in their hometown, look through it. They were a business attorney and she thought that the contract was super legit and she had everything in it. And then when I helped her with her contract, she was like, well, there's about half of this that wasn't in my previous contract because the attorney had no idea what to put in a photography contract and how our businesses work. And she's like, I just feel like you know, that's what everyone told me to do. So that's what I did, which is, again, that's this like gap or I just in the legal world, I think we are so we're a little bit far behind (laughs) the, I don't know. The (laughs) law world is very like old school. I will say that. And there's like one way to do things. And there's quite a few of us who are starting virtual law firms. I'd say like a couple hundred across the country right now. And I'd like to think we're the trailblazers on, you know, how this new e-commerce online world is really changing the entire economy across the United States and then how the law is kind of catching up with that. So just for example, it's just really interesting that there is this massive gap, especially in the wedding industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's one of those things that you've got to, with with any career, you've got to learn to adapt and kind of understand like what, you know, based on your skills, what are the needs out there that you can fill? So you've done a really great job of that. I love hearing your story. <laughs> Thanks. So I am curious, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making in business that could have legal consequences? I think that that's something oftentimes when you're excited and you're side hustling, you're getting your business off the ground, like these are not things that people are thinking about, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, Maddie, is that people don't get contracts in place with everyone that they provide services to. So they think that they can just do an oral agreement or a handshake deal with, say, a friend or a family member or a vendor that they're trying to build their portfolio with or a collaborator um, or trades of services. For example, we're constantly trading services as online businesses, like a website designer is doing something for like a videographer who's going to create content for them. I mean, I could, the list could go on and on. And then you're kind of stuck with like, okay, well, what is the agreement here? You cut, you make one, whether it's through email or orally. Um, and then there's really no like roles and responsibilities laid out for people. And this is especially true with family members. Mm. And those end up sometimes becoming the most, you know, emotionally distressing situations that have legal consequences because there's kind of more stirring of the pot than just you providing services to them. Um, There's friendships involved, whatever family relations involved. And so I always, always suggest there is a contract for everything for all of you guys listening out there. There's trades of services agreements. There's, you know, a contract that you could at least, you can like you know, cut it down a little bit if you have it for friends and family members, but you still need to have a very legitimate contract when you're working with people like that, because you never know what, what if situation could happen down the line. So that's the first one. 
The second two are just pretty simple. I always suggest people think about becoming a limited liability company pretty early on in their business career. And that's because people just think that being a sole proprietor is good forever and ever in perpetuity. And while it's okay to begin with, I always say that's a good starting point for people. The problem is it's commingling personal assets and business assets. And so at the point at which you're making, you know, $10,000, $20,000 in just gross profit from your business, you should definitely think about putting your business assets in a completely different bubble than your personal assets. So limited liability company is kind of the best insurance you can get for your business. And I always suggest people do that sooner rather than later. And then the final thing is people not knowing about their copyrights that they have and uh, trademarks that they have or could register. And of course, there's so many legal implications to copyright and trademark infringement. We'll get right back to the episode, but I wanted to take a minute to recognize the sponsor of this episode, Profile by Sanford. Profile is a doctor-developed nutrition and lifestyle program that utilizes one-on-one health coaching to help members pursue, attain, and sustain a healthy lifestyle and ideal weight. They even have a program just for expecting and nursing moms, which is what I'll be following for most of this year. This program approaches a healthy lifestyle from all angles. I love that Profile recognizes the fact that the best way to achieve and sustain weight loss is through real whole foods and activity and just changes in your overall lifestyle. But they also have foods that they actually sell that I am loving right now because they're so handy in this crazy season of running to the studio and to my house and to a co-working space and daycare and preschool and all the things. It is so nice to have a bar in my purse that I can just grab. I know it has a ton of protein and it will keep me full between meals. You can use the code Maddie Pashong for $100 off your membership. Just head to the show notes at takeitpersonallypodcast.com for the code and more information. Now back to the episode. I love your point about copyrights and trademarks because I, you know, I've, I have heard that I, you know, earlier this year, I should say, like, I was getting a lot of feedback that I needed to be an LLC. So I did that. And I've learned the hard way that I need to have contracts in place. But copyrights and trademarks is something that I had not even thought about until I believe you started talking about um, doing it for clients online. I was like, oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh, I feel like I need to call Paige. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm filing. I think trademarks are becoming the. So both of these are intangible assets that businesses own, obviously intellectual property. Um, and we, you do have common right, common law rights to trademarks, like a trade name, a service name that you have your business name. Um, but there's so many benefits to registering those. And I think more and more businesses are becoming aware of that. So, um, obviously it has a monetary value when you have an intangible asset like that, if you were to sell your business and in this, like, you know, brick and mortar, small business world and corporation world, like having trademarks is really big for their business. Because if you ever were to sell, that increases the value of your business as a whole. But trademark registration is huge for any type of infringement issue. If someone were to use your name improperly, um, or just, of course, you know, steal your name altogether. Um, And then copyrights is a huge thing for online businesses because 
everyone thinks about it from image standpoint, like photographers or videographers mm-hmm. with copyrights. And we, we do, of course, you own the copyright to an original work of authorship, which is a photo um, or copy like text on your website or the design of your website. Like all of those things can be copyrighted and everyone's like, I have the copyright to them, but what do I do with that? So you can register copyrights, which of course, again, has lots of benefits to you as a business owner, but you don't have to register copyrights to be able to take action against someone if they were to steal your copyright on an image or the text on your website. Uh, This is true for like Instagram posts. Um, Lots of people have those little catchy phrases that they'll make and then it'll get shared around. And of Mm. course you own the copyright to it because you created it first. So it's just really, there's so many various ways that online businesses can have copyrights and trademark issues down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for shining a light, light on that. I want to circle back to contracts because I feel like this is something that probably a lot of folks listening don't have in place. And I feel like it's uh, maybe kind of a a stepping stone to getting legally legit, as you would say. Um, So who should have contracts in place in their business? Does it matter like how long you've been in business or how much money you're making, anything like that? Absolutely not. The easy answer here is everyone should have a contract in place. If you have any chuching moment, which is what I like to call those, with (laughs) another person that you are providing services to or you are providing goods to, there needs to be some type of contract in place. Uh, And so the short answer to that is it does not matter. I don't want, I want you to, to, if you're opening a business, you're moving it from a hobby and you're then generating income from it as a business owner, I want you to have a contract in place before you start getting those chutching moments. Um, and it doesn't matter, of course, how much money you're making. I've heard this one too, Maddie. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, after $10,000, after $25,000, I'll start putting contracts in place. No, no, no. You should have done it from the beginning because any of those clients could have issues down the line. Absolutely. So for people who are just starting their businesses or who are maybe a little unfamiliar, haven't dealt with contracts before, can you share the importance of contracts and just like the main things that should be included? Yeah. So the basics of contracts are it legally binds two parties into an arrangement. So there are so many arguments and defenses to like oral agreements, handshake deals on them not being legally binding. And so signing a contract, a written agreement, and of course, virtually signing online, because that's what most of us listening are probably doing, that will bind you as a service provider or person who's giving goods to someone else and the customer or the client into an arrangement. So that's why contracts are so important, legally binding. But then, of course, they outline the roles and responsibilities of both parties, including what you are providing to them and then what they are paying you for, and it outlines the payments there. And then, of course, it deals with future situations that come up. So in your contracts, you need things like termination clauses and cancellation clauses and rescheduling clauses, um, anything, you know, anything that has to do with 
things that could potentially happen in the future so that you're not backpedaling in the future and figuring out, well, what are we going to do now? You can point back to the contract that you signed at the beginning of the relationship and be like, this is how that, you know, situation is going to be resolved. Excellent. Awesome. So what, what tips do you have for creative entrepreneurs who are wanting to step up their legal game and be more prepared and professional with their clients? So the first thing I would say, you guys, is if you've pieced together your contract or you've Googled your contract or you've gotten it from an industry friend and you really haven't had it, you know, legitimized by having it looked over by an attorney, I would suggest you do that or go download a template contract, start afresh with a attorney that is reliable online. Um, I sell template contracts. There's other kinds of virtual lawyers out there that also sell template contracts. And then, you know, it's actually written and approved by an actual BARD attorney. And then the other thing that I would say, Maddie, for everyone is find a virtual lawyer that you like and you trust and listen to their platform often, whether that's on social media, if that's where you like to hang, if it's on, you know, listening to podcasts, that is the best way to really ensure that you are being prepared every step of the way as a business owner because you're able to stay up to date with current laws and regulations through this virtual lawyer. I don't suggest like Googling because it kind of goes down a rabbit hole and you never really know like what blogs are actually up to date, what blogs are correct, who actually wrote the blog. Um, So I always like to say, you know, do a legal check-in as often as possible. And I think it's just easiest to find a virtual lawyer that you know, like, and trust, and then follow them regularly. That's just a good back-end business owner tip that I have. And then also the biggest thing I tell people is to do what's called a legal check-in with your business on your own. You can DIY, and these are like legal audits. And we always do like taxes every year. And I always say it's good to do a legal audit every six months if possible, but at least once a year. Oh, I love that idea. So what does a legal audit look like? Yeah, it's going over your contracts, modifying contracts for, of course, you know, if you had a situation that came up with a client and you need to restructure a clause, clarify something, add something in that wasn't in your contract before, uh, it's going over your business structures. So do you need to change to, you know, from a sole proprietor to LLC, maybe you need to designate as an S corporation to the IRS. Um, and then of course, going over your finances and, uh, going over like online, policies and laws and regulations change all the time for the online world. And so making sure that your websites are legal and updating anything, you know, that needs to be updated. There's all kinds of things for legal audits, but that's just a few. Oh, so smart. I mean, because honestly, how many times throughout the year do you have a moment where you're like, oh, okay, that didn't go very well. I need to update my contract. And then you'd forget because it's life. Totally. I just tell people to like keep a little legal list, whether it's on your smartphone or on your computer and notes um, or a Trello, a sauna board, whatever you may have that, you know, you put all of your brainstorming together in one place. Sometimes it's in our heads, but I suggest you write it down. And then, yeah, just like every six months, spend a couple hours one day just sitting down and being the actual manager owner of your business and doing some back end things because we're constantly doing front end things for our business. And we like to, you know, have these back end things 
just shove them under the rug, but they can creep up and bite us later on and you don't want that to happen. It's so true. And I love your point of doing this regularly and staying on top of it. I think, and and I've been guilty of this, of, you know, getting my main contracts in place and being like, okay, yay, that's done. But the reality is laws are constantly changing and situations are arising. And it's real, this is, this is an ongoing um, part of your, your job. It is. I mean, you guys, tax laws change every day online laws change every day. Like the California Consumer Protection Act just got, it's coming into effect on January 1st. People are like, what is this? It's kind of like the GDPR, Mm. but now it's of, it's kind of filtering into the United States. Obviously California is where the hub of like all of these tech businesses are. And so if, of course the laws are starting in California, but it does things for consumers and we need to be aware of it as online business owners and how that those type of things are impacting our business. Like, do we need to up, update our website privacy policies? The answer is yes, but you just may not know unless like you said, like the best tip I have is follow a virtual lawyer that will update you. You, you you're not like a trained attorney. I don't want you to be. Like that's why we went mm-hmm. to school. And don't try to like find all this information out on your own. Like a, an attorney is going to give you like the goods. Like what is the most important thing you need to do right now as an online business owner? Yes, I am a huge believer in outsourcing the parts of your business that you yes. can, especially when you're just like just simply not capable to do it yourself. And I did not go to law school, and I'm guessing a lot of people listening didn't either. So that's like the perfect thing for you to look at outsourcing, even if it's listening to a podcast once a week. Exactly. I think it's really interesting. People like don't have an issue with outsourcing taxes because we all have to do it every year. Like it's a requirement (laughs) to live in this country Mm -hmm. and people, you know, they can kind of do it by themselves. But once you get a business, that's a pretty quick, quick transition to outsourcing your finances, getting a bookkeeper, having someone file your taxes for you. But for some reason, what's lost in translation is getting an attorney when you have a business. Yeah, and until you need one. <laughs> until you need one. And again, that's you just hit the nail on the head there because people think of attorneys as like the people who solve problems when bad mm-hmm. things happen. And so there's a bad connotation with attorneys is they, they're who you call when you're in trouble. And I want to change that narrative because I want business owners to be more proactive instead of reactive. Because Mm -hmm. if you get into a situation where you haven't done anything and then you're reacting to all of the things that you haven't done, you're in a way worse position than if you would have set things up from the get-go. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, so true. So I am kind of excited to talk about this next part here. I just want to know what's getting you excited. And I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but tell me what you're working on. Tell everyone what you're working on. Um, well, the one thing I want to say is over 14 months of being in business with the legal page, it's been eye-opening how you can work really hard on your business and then you get offered these opportunities, which are just mind blowing to me. Um, I'm working with some really big industry leaders, which is awesome. And it's really cool to see their business who have been, you know, in it for a decade or more. And they're like the people that we look up to. So it's really Mm. fun to do one-on-one client work with them. And so I'm super excited about that. But of course I have attorney client 
confidentiality issues. Yes, I won't question. But you guys can all just ponder in your minds who you think it is. And uh, I'm always excited to work on their projects, but um, I'm constantly creating new template contracts for my online shop based on um, any of the online forums, Facebook groups, social media that I'm in. And I see the needs of people and what they, you know, contracts that we don't have. And like I, my motto is kind of, I've got a contract for that. And so I just (laughs) constantly create new contracts and new clauses that can, you know, people can add into their existing contracts as well to protect themselves more. So I get excited about those. Um, And then, like we said at the beginning to kind of, you know, tie this up with a little bow. I love filing trademarks for clients. I file trademarks a lot and I think more people are becoming aware of how important trademark registration is in the United States. You can file in your own state, but the, I mean, the fact of the matter is we're all servicing people in multiple states across the Mm -hmm. country. And so when that happens, you really need to look at federal registration. And because more and more people um, are becoming educated on the benefits of that, I'm seeing people become more legal by having trademarks that are registered. And that's always exciting for me to do. That's awesome. I am so excited about some of the updates that you've been making to your contract shop. I know the other day on social media, you did a little bit of a survey of what people are wanting from you when it comes to contracts and clauses. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want all of these things. I feel like I need all of them. So it's just awesome. People are really excited. We're going to have some cease and desist letter template forms for people. Oh my gosh. um, Because then you can still, you can send one yourself without having to hire an attorney. It's always better. I will make this caveat if it's like sent by a a legal official because then people, it's a scare tactic um, for people to like stop infringing on your copyrights or your trademarks. Um, But it's a great first step for people that don't have a lot of expendable income. And so that was like, everyone responded back to that post on social media. They were like, oh my God, I can't wait for that form. So I'm excited to get that up. That's awesome. So where can people find you online if they're curious about all these projects? Yeah, I'm the legal page everywhere. It's pretty simple. So thelegalpage.com, the legal page on Instagram, the legal page on Facebook. We also have an online community. That's where I always send people. That's a great place for you guys to get started. Uh, It's a private community on Facebook called the legal page community. I'm very original and it's just easier for people all around. And lots of people get in there and they ask legal questions, business questions. Um, It's a great resource if you guys would like to uh, find me there. And then of course I have the legal page podcast where if you want to hear about legal stuff from yours truly, you can jump on that podcast. Yes, you guys have got to tune into Paige's podcast. The most um, the most recent episode, not the most recent episode, but a recent episode that resonated so much with me was when you talked about terms and conditions on websites. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a major gap in my business right now. So it's high on my priority list going into slow season. Oh, well, I'm glad you liked that episode. Yeah, lots of people don't know it's illegal to like not take people's personal information mm-hmm. like to your email list online. And then it's illegal to do so without a privacy policy up on your website. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, again, just educating people. It's not scary. I promise I'm fun on my podcast. I just like to tell you (laughs) what you need to know as a business owner. Absolutely. It's all so important and I just love everything you're doing. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's really such an honor to speak with you. Um, thanks for everything you're doing in the industry and, um, yeah, we'll talk soon, Paige. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.